Welcome everyone to Tamarillic Adventures, a show bringing you information from all across the far reaches of the world of Elder Scrolls. I am your host, of course, Eric Ursulior, and today's topic, uh, not going to lie, I am very opinionated on, but I am going to do my best to give you the facts first before I delve into my opinion on the matter, and that matter is the Great War and a little bit of backstory on the Thalmor and the Empire. But before we get to that, we do have a couple of bits of news. Um, just wanted to let you know that we're going to be releasing another episode of Nintendo here pretty soon on everybody's little favorite green dinosaur, Yoshi. And again, I wanted to shout out to the Hive for having us be a part of your network. Also, Graymore's release date has been updated. It is now going to be released on May 26th on PC and Mac and June 9th for Xbox One and PS4. Another news with ESO the senior systems designer Michael Schroeder, among others, will be recording, or I, I'm sorry, live streaming on Twitch on May 1st from 4 p.m. or around 4 p.m. Eastern time, and they will be discussing the antiquity antiquities system with the Graymore expansion. So definitely check that out. I failed to mention in the last episode that these Twitch streams do include drops for ESO. So definitely take advantage of that. As far as gameplay, I haven't been playing ESO as much. I still have definitely been playing since the last episode. But as I said in the last episode... Wastelanders is out for Fallout 76, so I've been playing a bit of that also, but I definitely have been playing some Elder Scrolls, in particular Elder Scrolls Online. As I said in the last episode, I finished the main quest with my Altmer character, so with that character being a part of the Dominion, the kind of epilogue quest that you get from Cadwell afterward is where he's like, what if you didn't show up on the shores of whatever part of the Three Banners War that you did? What if you had washed up on the shores of one of the other ones? So with the Dominion, you immediately... Or the first one that you show up on is the shores of the Ebonheart Pact in Skyrim, I, I guess. So... Basically, you go and do the other two um, armies quest line. So I've been working on that with my Altmer character. With my Denmer character, I've uh, just been doing little, a few random quests here and there. I did a quest for the Mages Guild last night where you accompany Shalador who is a very prominent member uh, member of the Mages Guild in recorded history. He's not technically the first Archmage, but they kind of consider him to be the very first Archmage. But you do a quest with him, and you actually take a trip to the Shivering Isles. 
So um, that was kind of cool to return to the Shivering Isles and deal with Sheogorath in person. And that's one thing I love about ESO. They pack so much into this game. I've been to three different realms of Oblivion. I've been to the Shivering Isles now, of course, Cold Harbor. You explore Cold Harbor in great length toward the end of the main quest. And then also I took a trip to Meridia's Plane of Oblivion, which was definitely interesting. And who knows? There's probably more that I haven't seen yet. But um, after I did that quest with the Mages Guild, I decided to try my luck again with the guy that kept killing me in the Clockwork City storyline. And I was able to beat him this time, finally. So now I'm back doing some quests in the Clockwork City storyline. Also, I've been trying to buy as many houses as I can because it really helps cut down the cost on fast travel so that's about it uh, as far as gameplay so i'd be interested in hearing what everybody else has been doing so um i mentioned before that i have started a guild for pc north america with the hive hq so if you are interested in joining me in the Hives Guild, uh, drop me a line. I'll let you know how to do that in the end of the episode. But with that being said, I don't have an Xbox as of right now. Hopefully, eventually we might be able to correct that. But as of right now, I don't have an Xbox. So I have no way of running or even starting a guild for the Xbox servers. So if you're interested in that, let me know or let uh, Colin, the Hive, know. And we will see about getting that going. I would love to have a guild for Xbox players as well. So with that, let's get into the lore. So I'm going to give a little bit of background in the Septum Dynasty as well as the Aldmeri Dominion before we get into exactly what happened during the war. And as always, all information comes from the UESP wiki. So let's start with the Septum Dynasty first. The Septum Dynasty began... Really, that was what ushered in the Third Era, was Tiber Septim's consolidation of Tamriel into the Empire as we know it, or as we knew it during the Third Era. It's, (laughs) as you'll find out, it's not in that state in the Fourth Era. So, yeah, Tiber Septim solidified the Empire into what we know it today at the end of the Second Era. And the third era, so that was second era, 854, and he ran it for 38 years. And then the total time of the empire ran for 433 years and ended during the, at the end of the Oblivion Crisis with Martin, who was 
technically an illegitimate. Well, he wasn't technically. He was an illegitimate son of Uriel Septim the Seventh, played by Patrick Stewart, respectively. Martin was played by Sean Bean. Gotta love Sean Bean. So that is the link of the Septim dynasty. And if you've played Oblivion, you know what happens. The there was a planned attack from the mythic Dawn who worshipped Mayrun's Dagon who heralded the Oblivion crisis. He is the one behind it all. And so that they basically at the beginning of Oblivion, Uriel Septim is killed along with all of his legitimate sons, legitimate heirs to the throne. And you're sent to find the mostly secret illegitimate son of Martin or of Uriel Septim VII, who is Martin. And basically you're trying everything you're doing in oblivion during the main quest is to preserve the empire and keep it going. The empire needs a septum on the throne to use the out, the amulet of kings to light the dragon fires in the imperial city which is what keeps oblivion at bay and with no no one there to light the dragon fires that can't happen so hence Mehrun's Dagon invading Tamriel and trying to overrun it and take control and as I said everything you're doing in Oblivion is to preserve the Empire. And, spoilers, Martin sacrifices himself and destroys the Amulet of Kings in the process. Although he was successful in in stopping Oblivion, uh, you know, Mehrun's Dagon from invading Tamriel. Ultimately, there's no Septum left to you know, reign after him. So, in the 200 years after the Oblivion Crisis, we see, you know, the Titus Mead I and Titus Mead II take control. And I'll get into more of that later, but let's get into the Aldmeri Dominion. So, the Aldmeri Dominion actually the the word or the the name old mary dominion is actually used not once but three different times and the first the first old mary dominion happens during the time of ESO and the old mary dominion is a name for a collection of peoples and those people in the First Dominion were the Thalmor, the Altmer people, led by newly crowned Queen Arian, who is, or who is voiced by Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> Gotta love that. And then also the people of Valenwood, the Bosmers, and the Khajiit. 
And we got into why the Khajiit joined the Old Mary Dominion in a previous episode, so I'm not really going to get into that. But, you know, I don't think that Aryan was a bad leader. And they're not the Thalmor that we come to know and love in the Fourth Era. I really think that she was a good person and was just trying to do the right thing. Now, I may be biased in that because one of my characters is a part of the Old Mary Dominion and I've reported to her directly, but from what I've seen in the game, I don't think she was a bad person. So that went from Second Era 580 until... You know, just it, it didn't last very long. So, around the time of the second era, 830, there was a second Old Mary Dominion. And apparently, my dog wants to chime in a little bit. So, um, during the, the second Old Mary Dominion formed around second era, 830, as I just said. And it was a new governing body in Valenwood. The first Old Mary Dominion held its base in Elden Root in Valenwood. So the second Old Mary Dominion, it chose that as well. And so it was the Thalmor and the Bosmer. And it was led off by Cameron... Anaximes, I think is how you pronounce that. And their ancestors, his ancestors had signed an ancient treaty with the Somerset Isles, obviously. As Valenwood previously possessed no true unifying government, the Thalmor purported to maintain order in the region to uplift, uplift their Bosmer brethren. In reality, the formation of the Thalmor was fall, far from an altruistic gesture. Go figure. Daltmer desired to control Valenwood because the region, along with the with southern Hammerfell, harbored various pirate groups which had long threatened Somerset Isles. So, really, they were just using the Bosmer to get back at people who had threatened them. Fed up with the late, with the constant pirate attacks, Daltmer hoped to secure the shores of Somerset for good by denying the pirates any safe haven from whence from which to attack them. Once the Thalmor leader, Andel Kuroto, wished to enforce the policy of non-intervention in non-Dominion lands, and all that decision, and that decision was nearly unanimous. The Thalmor dissolved a short time later when Tiber Septim brought Valenwood into his empire using the overwhelming power of the Numidium. So the in short, Tiber Septim came in and wiped the floor with them. And I don't think that sat very well with the Old Mary Dominion. So, or with the Thalmor. So, the Third Dominion happened sometime during the Oblivion Crisis, or sometime prior to the Oblivion Crisis in the Third Era of 433. The Thalmor resurfaced as a radical political movement that it exposed elven supremacy 
and xenophobia. Yeah, that sounds like the Thalmor. They believe, that sounds like the Ulmer, period. They believe they're superior to everybody else. Sorry, I probably should not be interjecting my opinion at this point, but it's kind of hard not to. For years, they were largely ignored, but in the aftermath of the Oblivion Crisis, they exploited the confusion to claim credit for the salvation of the Altmeri people, which greatly enhanced their influence. In the Fourth Era 22, so I should probably say that the end of the Oblivion Crisis was the end of the Third Era and the beginning of the Fourth Era. So in Fourth Era 22, that's 22 years after Martin sacrificed himself and stopped the invasion of Mehrun's Dagon. In 4th era 22, the Thalmor overthrew the Altmeri monarchy and seized control of the Somerset Isles, renaming them Eleanor. Valenwood was brought under the Thalmor's control in 4th era 29, so this means they are no longer a part of the Empire. In the 4th era 29, creating the 3rd Altmeri Dominion and the Elsewhere Confederacy voluntarily dissolved to reform, creating reformed the ancient kingdoms of Anequina and Pelatine in 4th era 115, which became the client states of the Thalmor. So this is basically the original Altmeri Dominion with a completely different you know, goal in mind. And it's said that all of his of of all of his enemies, Titus Mead the first never managed to defeat the Thalmor, and it would and it would be Titus Mead the second who would pay the price. When Titus the second inherited the imperial throne, the Thalmor instigated the Great War of four, in Fourth Era one seventy one by delivering a series of ultimatums in the to the Imperians, imperial city. I am so sorry I cannot talk today. Then presenting the heads of every Blades agent who had been stationed in the Aldmeri Dominion when Titus Mede II refused their demands. So somehow they knew that the Empire had spies within the Dominion and they're like, hey, we know what you're doing. Here's your guys' heads. If you don't stop, if you don't give us what we want, this is going to be you. After four years of bloody war that reached a stalemate, the Empire, the Emperor was forced to sign the White Gold Concordat, essentially giving in to the Thalmor's original demands. One of the terms was outlawing the worship of Talos and the right of the Empire to enforce the ban within the Empire. Another term of the Concordat was mandated, mandated that the Empire relinquish large tracts of land in southern Hammerfell to the Dominion which outraged the Red Guards and resulted in secession from the, from, of Hammerfell from the Empire. Fighting continued in Hammerfell, but the Red Guards eventually forced the Dominion to negotiation to a negotiation table in the Second Treaty of Stros Mackay, which stipulated that the Aldmeri forces withdraw from Hammerfell, and it was signed in the Fourth Era 180. This led the Red Guards to believe that the Accordant was a mistake and that Titus II had overestimated the Thalmor's strength when he signed it. I'd say so. By 4th era 201, the Thalmor had carried out campaigns of persecution against Talos worship from their embassy in Skyrim. It was widely believed that the Thalmor were preparing for a second attempt to conquer Tamriel.
So basically the Red Guards are like, the Empire is being stupid. We're not going to support it anymore. Goodbye. And that understandably pissed off the Thalmor. But yeah, I'll save opinions for later. So let's get into more details in the Great War. The fourth, or the Great War lasted, as said before, four years from 4th era 171 to 4th era 175. And the Titus the first he knew what the Thalmor wanted and he basically was like, screw you guys, I'm not going along with this. So, and it's interesting to note that the Thalmor don't refer to it as the Great War. They refer to it as the first war against the Empire. So, basically, they know that a war eventually is going to break out again. And I'm not going to lie, the Thalmor are very smart. They're, they're, yeah, let's just say they're, they know what they're doing. So, the Aldmeri Dominion invaded the Empire of, of Tamriel after Titus Mede, the, I'm sorry, it wasn't Titus Mede the second, the first, it was Titus Mede the second. He rejected an ultimatum presented to him by the, the Thalmor ambassador. The Dominion forces caught the Empire by surprise and apparently had far better success than planned. Their success apparently encouraged them to go beyond the aim of conquering Hammerfell. Originally, they just wanted Hammerfell, as stated before. But they're like, you know what? This went so well. Why don't we just take the whole freaking empire? And the Dominion advanced, cultivating in the sack of the Imperial City, which was under construction for nearly a year before its liberation at the Battle of the Red Ring. The war ends with the signing of the White Gold Concordant, as mentioned before. So... The sack of the Imperial City happened in 4th Era 174. Lord Narfin, Narf, Narfin, some of these words are really hard to pronounce, I apologize. His Dominion army surrounded the Imperial City. Titus II broke through the perimeter with his main army and fled north to Skyrim to join with reinforcements under, reinforcements under General John. The Imperial City was sacked by invaders soon after the White Gold Tower was burned and looted, and the Dominion committed many atrocities against the city's populace. I don't even want to know what those are. Unknown to the Dominion, Narfine's attempt attempted to bring about a mysterious Daedric prophecy known as the Culling on behalf of his patron Boethia, and that sounds down like, downright scary. If you know anything about Boethia, you don't want to mess with that. In 4th era 175, Titus split his remaining forces into three hosts that surrounded and occupied the Imperial City. Titus himself was injured by assassins and unable to fight. However, unknown to, troop, to his troops, his place was taken by the mysterious forgotten hero who donned his armor and led the Legion to victory. After a long and bloody battle, the Dominion army in Cyrodiil was utterly destroyed and the Imperial City was recaptured. Lord Narfine was hung from the top of the White Gold Tower and kept alive for 33 days. How in the hell did they do that? Okay. Despite the resounding victory, Titus II realized the Empire was too exhausted to continue fighting. 
he negotiated with the Thalmor and signed the White Gold Concordant, a treaty that gave the Thalmor free reign to stamp out the worship of Talos and Tamriel, disbanded the blades, and, and ceded a large part of southern Hammerfell to the Aldmeri Dominion. And this leads to Hammerfell going up against the Thalmor. Critics note that the terms of the Concordant were almost identical to those of the original ultimatum presented by the Thalmor prior to the war. And Hammerfell's resistance lasts from 175 to 180. And of course, you know, they're like, you know, you're not going to decide for us what's right for us. And the Red Guards are known to be some of the most, you know, adept warriors known to exist, known in, in existence. So they go up against the Thalmor and the, the battle was fought between the Aldmeri Dominion and Hammerfell and, and it's known as the Battle of the Roseguard or at the town of Roseguard. I apologize. The war ends in a stalemate sign with with the signing of the second street second treaty of Strasmachai. The Old Mary Dominion withdraws from Hammerfell entirely, and Hammerfell remains bitter with the Empire for abandoning it. And as I said, they decided to remain separate from the Empire. Which, you know what? I'm okay with that. So why ban the worship of Talos. So <clears throat> after Tiber Septim passed away and it, and it should be noted that his original name was Talos. He is a Nord, but when he became emperor um, after solidifying, you know, consolidating the empire, he decided to adapt a an imperial name and become Tiber Septim. But after he passed away, he actually is, you know, he ascends to godhood. He becomes one of the divines. So at, at that point, there were eight divines, and he becomes the ninth divine. And he is the symbol of the empire. Even after Martin's sacrifice, the empire is still... Its symbol is still Talos. And the Thalmor know this. Like I said, they're not stupid. They're bastards, but they're not stupid. And they know that if Talos is no longer the focus of the Empire, the Empire loses its soul. So, you know, no Talos, no Empire. In a matter of speaking. So they even, there's even in Skyrim, there's a book that's basically Thalmor propaganda called The Talos Mistake. So when the White Gold Concordant was signed, basically the Thalmor know that it's just a matter of time before the rest of the Empire is brought under. The Old Mary Dominion. So, no, no worship of Talos, no blades, at least not in public. And Hammerfell is 
a lot of Hammerfell is given to control of the Aldmeri Dominion, which the Red Guards saw that brought back. The Empire is hurting. It is in a dire state, and eventually the Nords are like, screw you, we're going to worship Talos as, you know, long, you know, whenever we want to, you guys aren't going to tell us what to do. So eventually the Nords rebel against the Empire, which leads to the war between the Empire and the Stormcloaks. So, you know what? We're going to go ahead and get to my opinions here. When the first time I played Skyrim, I had no idea about any of this. So I was coming off of playing Oblivion and doing everything I could to preserve the Empire. So the first time I played Skyrim, I joined the Imperials. And the more I found out about what happened in those 200 years, I'm like, that crazy old guy in Whiterun's right. The Nords, yes, they believe in, you know, there's racial, there's blatant racism in the heart of the Stormcloak, you know, barracks and, you know, uh, Winterhold, not Winterhold, I'm sorry, uh, Windhelm. I knew it started with a W. There's blatant racism in Winterhold, but the Empire, basically, the Empire as we knew it in the Third Era is no longer there. So, like I said, the Thalmor are evil bastards, but they know what they're doing. They knew exactly what they were doing and they knew exactly where to strike to bring the empire to its knees. So So I guess this episode's going a little long. It actually cut me off at 30 minutes. I didn't realize I'd gone that long. But the question that I propose is, does Tamriel really need an empire? I don't think it's better off with the Thalmor in charge, clearly. But does it really need an empire? I believe that each province can absolutely run on its own, completely independent. The Red Guards are doing it. The... Nords are showing that they can do it, even though I don't agree with Ulfric Stormcloak's persecution of pretty much anybody who isn't a Nord, especially the Dunmer and the Argonians Khajiit. But does Tamriel really need an empire? I don't think so. So I guess we'll see what happens in Elder Scrolls 6. But I think it was Robots Radio posted something recently that, you know, was like, what if the next game takes place in Somerset Isles and is about the Aldmeri Dominion? I actually think that's a really good idea. So 
obviously the civil war with it that's going on in Skyrim needs some sort of conclusion. So I guess we'll see what happens in Elder Scrolls six. I don't think that it will jump ahead 200 years like it did between Oblivion and Skyrim. But who knows? You know, Bethesda has been pretty tight lipped about all this. So we'll see what happens. So what do you, what do you guys want to see in Elder Scrolls six? What do you, what are your thoughts on the great war? Do you think that Titus Mead, the second made the right choice? I, you got to feel for the guy because it was really his dad that started all, you know, all this, but you know, everything got kind of dumped on him and he wasn't prepared. And the old Mary dominion got big heads, but at the same time, they were they knew where to strike. They were very smart in what they went for. They saw weakness and they went for it. Here's the thing, though. They were completely wrong about Talos not being a god in the world of the Elder Scrolls. I'll take you back to Oblivion. There is a DLC in Oblivion called Knights of the Nine. And I'm not going to lie, the beginning of it is a pain in the ass because you can't do anything evil. You can't have any infamy or you will not be able to use the armor and the weapons that you need to defeat Umeril. But basically what they do is they go through and they have you pray to all these different altars of the divines to get rid of whatever infamy you have and the map that they give you is a complete piece of shit and does not help you in any way but once you go through all that and you get rid of all the infamy you have you go through and you collect these pieces of Pelinol White Strake's armor and his sword and shield and you go through and each one of these has been blessed by a divine and the thing that Pelnell White Strake didn't have that he needed to completely he he defeated Umeril but he didn't completely destroy him Umeril's spirit was still around and he didn't have the blessing of Talos because at that point Talos had not ascended to godhood so with that, you get the the blessing of Talos, and ultimately you're able to defeat Umeril. But like I said, if Talos, indeed, as the Thalmor suggests, was just a man and had not ascended to godhood, then Umeril wouldn't have been defeated. Also, if you go to a shrine of Talos in a hidden shrine of Talos in Skyrim, it gives you a blessing that wouldn't happen if. Talos had ascended to Godhood. So, do I agree with the banning of Talos worship? Absolutely not. I think that it was a clever ruse by the Thalmor just to get support and to suppress, you know, rebellion. But ultimately, that failed with the Stormcloaks. Are the Stormcloaks completely? white you know complete white knights absolutely not but i think that ultimately the empire is doomed to fail 
And there will eventually be a second great war. And I will be here when that happens. So where can you find me? If you would like to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at engold08. If you would like to drop me a line personally, if you would like to just leave the show a line on their feeds and on Instagram, it's at Tamrielic Adventures. On Twitter, it is at Tamrielic P. If you would like to drop me a line but not make it public, there is an email address at Tamrielic Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. So, as always, stay safe, adventurers. <laughs>